I'm Rob. I'm E. I'm Darby. Welcome to the next movement. having me man i appreciate it both of you in philly uh props to philly yeah thank you yeah it's been a long time since i've been in philadelphia to be honest with you we didn't do i i, I worked on hip-hop evolution for netflix and we really didn't go near the philly story but there's a lot which sort of got me some heat to be honest with you but god there's a story to be told there i think right new york ruins it for everybody i don't know you guys know yeah. that right, right? Yeah. yeah yeah when it comes to hip-hop the Mecca will always reign supreme. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry that I'm not remembering this clearly, but was Schoolie D? Yeah. Schoolie D was in. Oh God, Evolution. thank you, thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, that's a good. That's for season two. Yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah, we killed Philly. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Schoolie. He was one, a really interesting interview. Actually, he was. Um, have you guys ever met him in your journeys? No. No. What what a character. He's really like a super artful person. He can paint. You know, he's he he's 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 done soundtrack stuff for Abel Ferreira. Yep. He's he's a bit of a, a renaissance man, but like as tough and as street as you can get, you know, like but really lovely guy. He was so funny. And he made us bring him a cake. I don't right. anyone who's seen Hip Hop Evolution. He made us, yeah, he's like the girl who booked it, she was like on the phone and the, and she was saying, Tim, you know, uh, he goes, I only need one thing, cake. And she's like, oh, well, we can pay a small honorarium for your time. We were going to have him on a train. And he goes, no, no, not money. I want a cake, like a real cake. <laughs> so he always said that he would put that on his rider because if you put it on his rider and if it showed up at the spot, like if you're a club promoter or anybody, he'd always put cake. And if it was there, he really would... Like, thank you. You really looked at my rider, you know, it wasn't just this run of the mill thing. So, but we got one with one of his, uh, you know, hand drawn uh, album covers. Yeah. Right. But yeah, such a funny artist for me because he's like primitive hip hop in a way. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like basic rhymes and, you know, that sound. Right. But, yeah. I forgot about that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That, that was one of the highlights <laughs> for, the for reminder. me. Yeah. Yeah, bailed me out. <laughs> but yeah, obviously we could have had so many more artists from Philly, Will yeah. and Jeff, and obviously, I mean, if I think I did try to get to, I did interview Jazzy Jeff for Hip Hop Evolution, but it never went in the cut. But tried to get to Will, but yeah, that's a challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you something. Um, speaking about the cut, um, yeah. I, I read an interview that you did with Ambrosia for Heads. It was really great. And they were asking about extra footage and and what you might do with it in the future. And you said that you don't own it. So I'm assuming Netflix does. Netflix just, owns it. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I, I think they do. I mean, there is a um, company that 
produced at Banger Films we worked with. Yeah. They, but I'm pretty sure definitely seasons two to four and maybe one now two Netflix might own that content. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of stuff in there. I think you could probably, it's like anything you do yeah. one to two hour interviews with 300 people. Mm-hmm. going to be all kind. Yeah. Like you're just scratching the surface. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How does that work with content? Like, is that sort of negotiated when you're making the film, when you have all these parties involved? Yeah, I think so. So it was a Netflix original. So I think generally that means Netflix would own everything. That's sort okay. of the new world now, you know, streamers yeah. and content creators, you know, Audible, the podcast world, they want own what they commission Mm. so it's a challenge though you know because back in the day i think content creators and filmmakers and you know podcasts are relatively new but you could you know i I don't i'm even just filmmakers for example they used to be able to have a film and work on it for years or a project or a series and they could travel it sell it globally but now the streamers just take it all but you get a higher you know licensing fee usually like the buy originally but you're not going to see any back-end or royalties you know got it so it's a bit of a hard t- pill to swallow when you create something. I know musicians yeah. feel that too, right? Like, yeah. It's, sure. But I, I, I'm grateful for Netflix because for Hip Hop Evolution, because I wasn't, I don't own the project. I just worked on it. But when it got on there, so many eyes, it just popped. You know, you're like, wow, like that's incredible. Because the first season was done by HBO Canada. Mm-hmm. So they produced it up here uh, and then Netflix picked it up and, and an awesome exec, Devin Griffin, who is, you know, a shining star, bright guy in, in executives. He saw the saw the first season and was like, what is this? And then I think Rodrigo Baskinen, who I work with still, who's a writer on Hip Hop Evolution. He's a, done tons of hip hop journalism forever. He uh, he sold it to Devin on the spot, you know, seasons two to four. And so off we were. Yeah, we pulled it off, which was sort of surprising. It's I, so I hope that well answered done. your question. Thanks. It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Stuff. I'm just very, I'm just very curious how it all works. So me and Rob were speculating before you joined us and <laughs> we were sort of thinking that it was like, you know, you have a record label and an artist and it's when the record label owns the masters and the artist doesn't. And sort of that sort of kind of like depends on the model. Yeah. Netflix yeah. does both. They license stuff also. Right. Okay. But generally I think if you see it as an original, unless you're like Beyonce and she probably negotiated some awesome deal for herself. But if you're, I think typically they are, they own it all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But who knows? They could have paid her. Who knows? Right. Like, and right. then she's, you get that sort of higher pay. They own it forever. They probably see the worth in that. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Because they'll put her stuff out forever and then maybe bury it for a little bit and bring it back. And yep. but, yeah. So you're sort of at their mercy then for a season five. Well, I'm not sure if they're going to do more. I hope they did. I think we had a quick chat with, I hope they would, but I, I think we had an early chat with them and they wasn't so keen on it. So, but hmm. I mean, it's a, branded series it could always come back i think that's i would hate to always put a pin rate in it because um it's already written too i think that we had a lot of stuff already sort of mapped out um because we didn't you had to change sort of stories when you didn't get when you're closing down to the finish line and you didn't get certain like gucci main wasn't really talking at all he was going through stuff when we were doing that and then so we wanted to sort of end with his sort of him and um and that whole trap sort of argument with him and and Jeezy and and T.I., right? But then we just sort of went, uh, Jeezy didn't want to do an interview either, so we just sort of went to T.I. But yeah, we had it all figured out. I figured, like, the other thing, too, is I think, like, when stuff comes out, 
some of the artists who will watch it have a little bit of a different, they see we're not going to things that it's not tabloid, right? So you're right. It's about records. So they see that. And I think that they can become clear, but when you're chasing them and you only have like the season one done or two, mm -hmm. they don't want to be sort of old school too. And their managers are very aware of that. Like I think people look at hip hop evolution and hip hop docs is like old school. So but I think that's changed. Travis Scott has a great doc and whatnot. But yeah. when you were making Hip Hop Evolution and you were approaching people, um, I know Shad spoke on this and said that some people were resistant just because, you know, they like you said, you know, they mm -hmm. didn't want a tabloid thing. Hip hop has been exploited so, so yeah. much over the years. Yeah. And um, did you anticipate that you wouldn't have buy in from the community? No, not really. I had good relationships with people from Toronto's okay. got it's like Philly like rappers will come they come here a lot so we've all I worked on Rap City at Much Music and I worked yeah. on a show called The New Music and I worked I mean I program music forever so I had a relationships with people and then with the ones that I didn't who are sort of old school like Cool Herc he's tough right like Herc has been jacked around so hmm. I had had a friend of mine, Russell Peters, who is a comic. I think that maybe I listened a lot when Dave Lott went from D&D, bless his soul, on your show. And he mentioned Russ. Yeah. Russ is this, like, comic who is massive around the world. Americans are a little, like, they don't know him, and I don't get it. But he had the first Netflix comedy special, the original, which is hilarious. But he sold out the O2, and he did um, – are you hearing me okay? Yeah, sorry. I'm hearing one of my okay. children crying. I was just checking to see. Oh, well, do your dad work if you need to. I, my kids are uh, 15 and 13, and they're playing video games. So I don't really have to worry about them right now. <laughs> I think but. I'm going to trust that my, my partner is taking care of it. She's got it on her computer. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You're so, working. Dad's working. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> sorry I mean, to Russell distract you. was. No, no problem. I always, you know, nerd reveal. I'm like, oh no, is it me? <laughs> but uh, Russell, uh, is, and he was really connected because he used to promote hip hop shows in Toronto. And then he would go to shows, guys would see him, and he really took care of people. He took care of Herc a lot. Melly Mel is one of his closest friends. And so those guys were really good to get to. And I went to Russell's Dave, where I met Dave. I went, Russell had this crazy infamous 40th birthday party in New York, and Eric B threw it for him. And like every rapper from his dreams came up there, like, you mm. know, Slick Rick. Kane, he loves wow. Kane, and I have a lot of similar tastes, but I was able to sort of talk to those guys that sort of people you wouldn't be able to just go to a PR person and get to that night and sell them on the project. And yeah, and Canadians have a good rep. You know, we had Nelson George, who's a hip hop writer and music, black music writer and yeah, general music, know uh, you know, smarty pants. He, um, he said that to us early. He goes, you guys have a real advantage. You don't have the baggage from being from New York or LA or in that world. You can come in. But we knew the culture in the community. Rodrigo ran a magazine for 10 years up here called Pound, which is a really great hip hop magazine. So we knew people, but it was um, easier to get them to buy in because I think we we didn't have this any, we weren't MTV. We weren't, you know, it was relatively pretty cool. Like they're like, and a lot of the early people were like, wow, like no one's been talked to us at all. Like, mm. it was weird the timing like I think of a cool Modi and Curtis mm -hmm. Blow but they were not like just Curtis Blow took that Shad could tell you this story he took me and Chad and Rodrigo into this like room and like quizzed us like you get he because he had to have that bot yeah it was good I mean I, I appreciated the sort of 
because for us, we were really deeply into research. It's sort of something we really hung our hat on and yeah. wanted to validate stuff. Like we had, we went to Jamaica for Hip Hop Evolution, shot this whole thing. I was there for two weeks. We shot hmm. all these sound system guys. We went to Herc's original home. I shot like, you know, sort of his whole area, Uroy. And we talked about a little bit about toasting. But then when we got to do stuff in the Bronx, a lot of the pioneers said eh, the Jamaica thing no nah, it's a bit of a misnomer of course like our parents were West Indian but mm-hmm. we it's like say if like my mom and my dad are like Scottish background and I hate Celtic music I'm like screw that I just am so tired of it right yeah. but that's what they felt like they were like yeah so they wanted that new and then disco and they, they wanted to rebel so that it was more of a punk rock ethos but you know obviously Herc had seen sound systems mm-hmm. that was something that registered for him you know and he wasn't new to it there's people in brooklyn that were doing it at the same time he was just playing the brakes right so that's not really connected to 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 reggae at the time or jamaican mm-hmm. music right. right it's pretty primitive at the time when hurts immigrants yeah so we started to hear that it wasn't really that directly connected you know it is i mean everything you can go yeah. to talking drums and but yeah just in our sort of keeping it focused and trying to have a path it, it didn't make sense but we have great footage it's so crazy yeah i can yeah. only imagine yeah it's a bit of a funny one you've mentioned how a lot of the older cats like didn't get talked to much mm-hmm. and i can't help but wonder why like uh, i wonder what has kept that from happening to this point yeah, I think it's just you don't. I think what ended up happening, or this is my theory, mm-hmm. is you either went away or you reinvented yourself if you're in hip hop. Even if you're an early Def Jam artist, you know, like like I think about, um, oh God, what's the name of the label that the Juice Crew are always on? I'm flaking. Anyways, but that, cold that chillin'. old cold, cold chilling. Thank you very much. Yeah, so they when they were those labels, you know, they were big stars, but. Kane sort of went away, right? Like, let's be real. He went away. He's like a novelty artist, like a legacy artist now, but um, not novelty. Sorry, I meant legacy. Uh, but LL Cool J had to be go on TV. You know, he was basically yeah. on a show. And I mean, he had real charisma. But then there was, it was like you couldn't see for some reason rap being like James Brown when he was older, you know, like, or mm. Parliament. But I think it's starting, to, that's happening now, right? So back then it was tough. So I don't think that. I think Kumo D, those guys just went away. And so they didn't really ever, weren't on anybody's radar. And they were also, I mean, you can do your homework. Jay-Z, Nas, even Fat Joe, all these dudes, they dissed those guys. They had, they were done with that scene. And maybe in a way that's what kept hip hop, gave it longevity. Maybe it's a blessing because now you see like, they're you know, obviously they would see those guys, but they didn't want to be, they weren't, they were, it's hip hop's always reinventing itself. Like even, you know, think about um, Lil Uzi Vert or um, mm-hmm. Yachty when they're on Hot 97 and they're, and I think Ebro put on like a, a premiere beat and he just like, I can't get down to this break dance music. And I'm sort of with them. It's like, what if you did that back to Kane and you played yeah. like the Mexican? He'd probably be like, no, nah, man, give me a, I mean, my breaks, the Mr. C's breaks, right? right? So it's funny. I think that hopefully that, we can heal those wounds a little bit because I think it's changed. I hope hip hop evolution definitely put people, that was a goal for me, you know, and I know Rodrigo, I always wanted my dad to see it. 
and understand why I spent so much damn money on rap <laughs> records. And he sort of did. It worked. I have to say, yeah, bless his nice. soul. But yeah, yeah, he hated rap too, right? Yeah. Like, didn't most parents hate rap? Mine I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> so mission accomplished for you. You convinced. Him. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a good question, though. Yeah, I think it's really important to. You know, especially, you know, doing it, doing something like this, which you guys focus on hip hop. It's important that we do pay respect to those guys. Yeah, I feel like you just lose the plot of stuff. You can you can put a measuring stick on it. Like even now I'm a little I don't know about you guys like funky with hip hop. Like I love some stuff. Like I love um, there's the whole sort of grimy scene from Buffalo Griselda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I really enjoy that stuff. But um yeah, there's stuff now I don't even know if it's a rap. And now you look too like the I was looking today, like on Spotify, like the top ten songs are hip hop. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's been that way for a while, you know. Hip -hop yeah, it's so really crazy, like right? Yeah. Over the world. I was just going to ask Darby, um, what was your favorite piece of hip hop history to cover um, in the documentary? Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's a really good question. Shit. <laughs> I, I think for me, I like individualize it, and probably would say the most excited I was was doing Jay Dilla in Detroit because I grew up down I'm on the I'm really live grip close to Detroit on the Windsor yeah. side on I'm not from Windsor but I'm from outside Windsor so I always that's my I get my music from I'm not a Toronto um kid but yeah so I felt really blessed because of the Toronto sort of attitude of hip-hop is really New York centric it's changed a bit now with the generations but man they were when I came here, I couldn't believe how New York they were. There's there's Haiti and other music as New York was. So I always felt blessed that Detroit had a weird palette because you'd have like techno was from there. Yeah. And there's like a weird radio shows. And uh also um yeah, it had like a it's obviously Motown, but it had this weird air too after and we had weird it it did it should have had a rap scene, but it really didn't. So mm -hmm. when when um, Eminem and Slum Village and that sort of crew comes up, they really ignite that place again. And so I love Dilla too. I just think that he is um, the most human producer in hip hop in a weird way. I don't know if anybody gets that, but he's just so uh, the feel yeah. and he can change it up. And yeah, I just, it's off, you know, a little bit to me. I, I, I think for me, that's my favorite thing. And then his story is, it's not been told very much either. So uh, he's sort of niche, but which sucks. I love. We were trying to get a, a Dilla doc going. I'd love to do a Jay Dilla documentary. Mm -hmm. I think if someone should do it, but they have to do it right because yeah. it's complicated and 
yeah anyways <laughs> but yeah that would be my answer yeah that was so fulfilling to do do dilla yeah. that's a tough one to answer because you know we did like native tongue and mm-hmm. yeah, so anyways does uh, the work that you've done in any way change your relationship to the music mm-hmm. i feel really rusty about hip-hop in general because uh sorry guys yeah, a little rusty. I was even intimidated getting on talking about AT Aliens because we covered, we were going to do a whole thing about AT Aliens and hip hop evolution, but we stopped short and changed it a little bit. That was going to be the end of the Outcast beat because we just were doing, we were too much of a leap from what we were doing. But then I would just like start to think about that record and I listened to it and I'm like, wow, what an incredible piece of art, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I don't, you guys do that if you work, like, I don't know, you get too into music and then. Like when I worked at Much Music, I was so happy when I walked out those doors. I was like, I felt like vindicated to get to rediscover music in a way and not cover it so right. much. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. And plus it was really, they were playing really garbage stuff like <laughs> O-Town and oh, oh. my God. Yeah. I'm not, I don't even care if anyone watches it from there. They know they were violating on music, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. I worked for a while at a... um cd dvd manufacturer and was hearing terrible music all the time and and felt kind of the same way like i need to move away from this so i can enjoy this again cleanse the palate yeah Yeah. it's true eh? yeah so you mentioned um david lotwin who we had on a previous episode and he he sort of clued us in that there's a D &D documentary yeah we're actually editing right now um i'm still we haven't sold it we didn't really push to sell it but yeah, it'll, I, hopefully it'll be done soon. Uh, it's taken a long time because of Hip Hop Evolution really derailed it a little bit. Like we went and filmed when Preem was closing down. We had an opportunity. So I had two weeks, me and Rodrigo off when we were doing Hip Hop Evolution. And so we took, it was over Christmas too. It was New Year's and Christmas week. So I abandoned our families and went down and filmed. And it was great though. We got everybody in there when it was closing down. So that might be, God, it might be four years ago, mm. but I mean, I, I feel okay about that. Docs sometimes take some time. When we were out too, I don't know if there's an appetite for that kind of story, and now I think there is. So yeah, it's good. And then we're we need to film a couple more people. I think Karis one, but we got mm. Jay Z for it. Nas, wow, yeah, it's good. Yeah, oh, Showbiz, Lord Finesse. I go on and on. I so one of my favorite interviews, Mister. Uh, um, oh God, I'm. I'm really uh, flaking on his name right now. Oh, shoot. Anyways, I'll come back to it. Um, but uh, we filmed, uh, yeah, Premiere is with Nas in the room. J-Ru came through. So it was really great. It was a cool, you know, that place is pretty special, as you know. You go through the discogs of D&D studios and 90s hip boom bap for sure is sort yeah. of... Uh, but then you also, there's some real human stories to it. So I think it'll interest a lot of people. Like Big L's supposed to have been D&D the night he got shot. And mm-hmm. OC and him were doing a session. And yep. he's a real lost part of that thing. And then Guru and Premier's sort of ending is is wild. You know, it's 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 about, it's love. But it doesn't end, I don't think, how Preem would have wanted it to really end. But in a way, it does. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to give anything away. But yeah, we had some really, really awesome emotional stories from really guys you'd never figure would get emotional like bumpy knuckles freddie fox and 
you know, those kind of guys and real street, uh, MLP, you know, fame and Billy, mm. they were so, yeah. So it's, and it's also got some nutty stories, you know, like I'm sure. I think Dave mentioned that crazy story about big and, and, you know, two naked women, and, <laughs> but there's also, you know, some pistol whipping. It's a crazy place. It was a real, yeah. Like, you know, a place is crazy when security has to go down and bring big uh, and his guys up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And there, yeah, we're trying, it's funny, you know, as a nerd and, you know, we're trying to get these stories from these guys and we did good, but man, it was some interesting moments when you're asking stuff about just uh, Billy Dan stripping an intern down and you're like, oh, what those? Yeah, it's funny. I'm really excited when it's going to come out because I think for hip hop fans and like Gangstar has that global appeal. I think D&D, the sound, has that global appeal. Germany loves it. Japan. Oh. Know. Yeah, it's massive, right? So I think right. people are going to be really excited about it. But yeah, we don't have a home for it yet. So we're working on, right now I'm doing a nice, uh, a really, we did one teaser for it, but we're doing another one. Just sort of part of the process of selling. You got to show people if you got tape, what's there. But right. we're, we've been really careful to try to find a really, the right place for it. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. it's ex- I'm excited by it. Yeah, I can't wait to Taking see. Taking a hot minute though, I can tell. I can hear the pain in Dave's voice when he talks about it. But it's my job as a producer to tell these cats that don't do this stuff that sometimes it takes five years. You know, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's it takes some time. You know, and there's sometimes real value in waiting on projects. Not everything. Hey. Some stuff you should do in a month, six months, but. Yeah, this one I think too. It's it's been good. We have Biggs Burke, who was um, Rock J's partner at Rock Nations, one of our producers. Russell Peters and Premier is one of the executive producers too. Wow. Primo also also narrates the doc, right? Well, no, I haven't. We have I something we thought about. We're not quite there yet, but okay. He sort of does anyway. He he's like he because he's so he's got that voice as you know, yes. the blunted. Yeah. Smoked way too many blunts uh, <laughs> premiere and and then he also is so detail oriented and he has this like cement brain that remembers everything it's incredible his brain is i don't know how he does it it's pretty wild mm. like i don't know if he must have some kind of like photographic memory for music mm. or something and then people like yeah. he meet you, he'd remember you. He's that. He's incredible. Wow. Yeah, what a guy. That's impressive, especially after smoking all those blunts. Yeah, right. And also, he makes those dope beats. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love documentaries. I know you know, like they're not, especially when it comes to hip hop, they're not always done well. But I, I love the stories, and I think that was one of my favorite things about hip hop evolution. Like you hear these stories, and you just like have a front row seat to like all this history and culture and it's just as a fan it's just so like special for me so i'm looking i'm really looking forward to the dnd project yeah thanks man i really hope it uh it, it's gonna be good yeah we i'm watching it i was going through stuff today i might we've been working on it presently so it's fresh in my mind you know it's funny you made me think of something i felt like the same way like you said that hip-hop documentaries were never good and that was actually a goal of ours to when we were doing hip-hop evolutions like can we finally do something like bbc does for reggae but (laughs) then when i was and i was sort of a hater i gotta be honest you know about hip-hop docs i'm like why is it gotta be so shit Mm. you know but i think that those docs are so much of a blessing like especially for someone like me when we're making it like we took 
we license all kinds of footage. You know, we license mm -hmm. freestyle from Kevin Fitzgerald, which is good. That one's quality. But we licensed weird movie clips from people. I, you know, the Screw stuff, DJ Screw. There's like this dudes in there with like a high eight, you know. <laughs> I actually love that stuff too. But then there'd be other, you know. But I think what ended up happening is too, is there was like that DSLR era and blogs. Mm -hmm. And they just thought mm -hmm. they were, do like they called stuff films. Like it's a film by, and it's like a five minute interview. It's not a fucking film, excuse my French. Like you have to do research and also, you know, you have to find your story, like you said, right? And that's what they're really lacking. But I have such a greater appreciation for like, and I have a huge collection of stuff too, but I used to just like get so mad about how bad the quality was of, of rap mm -hmm. documentaries. Yeah. So it's it's, I think in that way, it's good to, that it takes some years to do it because you want to do it well. Yeah, if you can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. As I understand it, you and Rodrigo started Scenario Productions. Yeah, Scenario Media. Yeah, we're, we caught, we changed our name to Scenario Media because we actually have a whole bunch of podcasts in production, which is something we wanted to do anyway. So um, we're working on a podcast right now with, um, God, can I say anything about this? I don't think I can tell you about this, actually, now that I'm getting this close. But it's a really awesome hip-hop-oriented thing, and we're working with uh, A-Track, DJ A-Track, and okay. uh, Cashmere Originals, which is uh, a company that Snoop's involved with. So, um, And then, uh, yeah, we have another one coming up, too. So, yeah, we and then we have um, just some projects that are film and TV that are going, too. So we're really kicking off. We got a little bit lucky with the podcast because of COVID you can do them remotely as you know hey here yeah. we are in toronto and philly and but we've figured out some software yeah so they're narrative stuff so it's a it's you know it's it's a smaller thing but same idea you're doing stories and yeah it's been really cool experience so far yeah so that's where we're him and myself and we have a great team most of the people are based here but we work with you know some people in la and new york too in the states all over the place atlanta so yeah we're um feeling good about it yeah it's like the second company I owned, I've owned in, in media. So I hope that this one's better than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Rodrigo, I think, too, actually. I was, yeah, thanks for the promo, man. I appreciate oh, yeah, that. That's the love. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, I was cruising um, what's in production now on the website um, yeah. this week. And I was curious about the owners. Do I have the name? that doc Yeah, right? it's all lies, those no i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I i really don't have too much to, to talk about though okay because, so the way that we sort of work you know i am involved in development stuff and i always am but i'm more production side person i put okay. schedules budgets rodrigo's that was sort of our plan he's the development and writer guy so okay you can have him on the podcast and if you have specific questions about the projects i probably can answer them but he's definitely the man to talk okay. to about that. Yeah. Yeah. I just really um, was interested in the premise. So just for people right. who don't know what I'm talking about that are going to listen to this later. So the owners is a documentary documentary series. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Darby. Mm -hmm. um, that focuses on, you know, these moguls, um, huge moguls and sports and tech and yep. media, you know, so it just, reads like a really interesting piece you ever watch just... succession have you guys yes watched show? Yes, yes yes right? yeah so it's so like has that kind of feel yeah. it's well it yeah for me sports is interesting you know because yeah. there is a right now especially we know that's yes. a powder cake right what's going to happen with that 
Yeah. When the NFL comes back, I mean, that's going to be lunacy with the idea of how that operates. I mean, oh. the beauty of what the owners in the in the NBA, you know, it's pretty clear. It's more of a Democratic leaning organization, maybe for mm-hmm. political stance or, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are some Republicans throughout. It's maybe even, but I feel like their their mentality has been, you know, that sort of um, leftish feel to mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. And so they are lobbying for things that interest, you know, the players union, which yeah, is, you know, right now, obviously it's civil rights, it's police, uh, you know, police relationship with the, the communities and also police funding, all those things. And then voting. I think that's a big thing that those guys are, are on about. So I think that it's really easy for those kind of owners to work, but man, when the NFL comes back, so that's not really what we, you start to go through the history of who's owned sports organizations mm-hmm. and then who's owned media. Like, do you know, the whole, um, Oh God, what are their name from Montreal? There's a family. Mm-hmm. They're in the pitch. Uh, Brothman's Edgar Brothman Jr. They, they bought universal, the whole media company. Right. Mm-hmm. And basically buried the thing too. So, <laughs> and there's, and it's craziness in it. There's a, 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 a cult sex cult called Nexium. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. This is there's a show I think going to be on Netflix. Yeah, Google this. This is insane. But they're caught up in all that too. So there's wow. just so rich people are the worst generally. I think. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the way the world you. sort of works? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw Jeff Bezos is making two hundred. What is billion. it? Like? Billion. Billion. Yeah. 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 I read about that in the newspaper that Jeff Bezos owns. Oh. Ridiculous. Yeah, Audible. We were talking. I mean, I bought two things on Amazon today. I won't lie. I bought a, two oh. monitors and a teleprompter. So it's so it, convenient. It was coming right. in two days. Exactly. Like, how does right. this ever happen? Yeah. Like, and how can you so, not? <laughs> I know it's so crazy. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's an exciting project. It's been funny though. I'll give you some real honesty. It's been a hard sell that one. So but I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. Maybe maybe it's too uh, too close to the. Corporate, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably right. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of where my curiosity was sort of centered on, like just like pushback that you might have gotten from making it. Like, people yeah, not nothing of... too much, yeah. But I don't know, maybe you know, Rodrigo yeah. and I have talked about that before. Yeah, people don't like the truth coming out. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Especially so. if they own the company or something, right? Or have stock in it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Up. Yeah, corporate greed. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. we can go on and on about that. But yes. <laughs> Boring. Boogie Down Productions is proud to introduce Canada's greatest musically inclined intellectual representative for the rap industry on a whole. A major breakthrough for female MCs everywhere. Her name, Missy Me. This is BBP reporting live from Canada. Well, you can see in here, I'm not new to this game of rap, but I will kick it on the beat the same, perhaps. Possess what all the MCs lack, the elements of style. As a matter of fact, that's right, I'm possessed. You battle me, I get stronger. Even exorcism, Mishimi can be conquered. If I make a record, it is already sold. Any record Mishimi makes will surely go gold. Not for start at the top, got a lot to learn. You should start at the bottom and gradually earn. So I go up slow, so I know I'm a little lasso. Cause what goes up fast comes out even faster. So listen to the rhythm, the rhythm will soothe them. MCs on my tail, I just try chill for a while or you can run for a mile but i'll be still kicking elemental style um going back to hip-hop evolution for for just one minute 
Uh, I remember hearing an interview with you, and I think Shad may have been a part of it too, just talking about uh, Canada, like, yeah, and the role or or what hip hop culture is like in Canada, which we don't hear about in the series. But I, yeah, I wonder I mean, from your I perspective, wish that would be great to cover because it's there. Yeah. It seems like we try to do peaks, so you'd cover a certain scene when it peaked, and then you go backwards. It's sort of the sort of a little bit of the framework of the series but um and then you know obviously drake's the peak so you can figure out what but i mean i worked in the industry so i sort of know the way it worked in a way you know and it was hard for those there's some awesome early hip-hop artists maestro france west mishy me like this is the fucking best thing oh i shouldn't swear sorry this is the best thing okay yeah i'm like yeah whatever um but the best thing that happened and I don't think it's ha- maybe it's happened elsewhere, but like our pioneering hip hop artist is a woman, Mishy Me. Mm. So, and she was in with the whole she battled Roxanne Shante and Queen Latifah. Mm. Mm, Mishy's dope, and that's a really where you could start with. The, I mean, there's there's business stuff, and they bring up all these artists. That's why New York artists came up. Like there's an infamous show where like a Def Jam show, but also Biz Marquis on it. And just and I think Karis one battled. I can't remember. So there's a really famous show there, but yeah, my my Toronto history needs some brushing up. But it's been a while. But I and then there's some incredible artists. The Maestro Fresh West is one I really loved. Uh, and then he had a song called Backbone Slide, which is so great. I know that Public Enemy loved him. He they took him out with him, them. And then uh, you would go to Socrates, and there's some undergroundy guys. Like you've heard of Chaos. Yes. He's dope. It, and yeah. then uh, Cardinal Official is sort of mm-hmm. the you know the official flag holder I think of really Toronto for sure. He Cardi's such a such a interesting guy and smart and yeah it's funny you know director X the director used to be called Little X. That's mm-hmm. the interesting part like his imprints big in hip hop because he was Hype Williams like assistant forever and then he yes, had doing his own yes. videos, right? Yeah, he's really a big part of the community up here. Yeah. So, and then obviously you sort of what happens, I feel like, like you you always knew when you were in Toronto and I programmed stuff and I worked at music, you know, television and and on the radio that there's always something a little short. So when Drake gets with Wheezy, like I had, we had Drake videos at much. I even remember I said, like, I had passed on one of them. It wasn't even his, a guy named Jay Diggs or something. He had a feature, but I was just sort of like, yeah. But then I remember when I produced Rap City, I would always see Drake, the kid from Degrassi at shows. He was at Slum Village. Mm. I remember seeing him there. Or like the Roots, he'd be there. Or like the OK Player Tour. Like shows you were just like, or Little Brother. I always remember seeing him a Little Brother. And, and which is interesting if you listen to his cadence compared to Fonte. But, mm. um, but yeah, so I always see him. I never really, and then I knew a couple of guys that, worked with him and, and rapped with him and they were like he's pretty good dude you know he started to hear and then there was the mixtapes and yeah and then it made sense but he's just like so unique because he's hilarious and corny he can look at himself in a weird uh, even if you like his music or not like he yeah can, he can take the piss out of himself pretty quick which is a real great quality hip-hop is not good at that no no like it's so not good at that yeah it's like you're too goofy then you're sort of gone right but yeah yeah but he was lucky you know i feel like he's a little bit blessed because his pops is from memphis 
and he's got that like Memphis is quite a hard town. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty, pretty tough. You know, it's got a dark history to it, mm-hmm. and people reflect that in a, in, a, in a way that's reasonable. But there's also a smoothness and suave to it. It's got that like you guys ever watched The Deuce? It's like an HBO. I know what you're talking about. Simon. Simon. Yeah. Episodes, well, it's yeah. about the 42nd Street pimps, right? So, yeah. yeah. But yeah. they're always like that. They dress sort of feminine, and but they're inside like as hard as shells, you know. So I always think of Memphis. I think Drake's dad's from that pilgrimage of really music men, but they were tough. You had to be tough because you're in Memphis, right? So yeah, he's really lucky to have that component to his DNA when it comes to hip hop. I think, but yeah. yeah, I mean Toronto's exciting. And then now you know, dude, like it's I don't know, like Republic Records. Are they funding? Are we funding their? Is Toronto funding everything they ever make? You know, Weekend and Drake, and mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible. And now there's you know Tory Lanes. I don't really get Tory Lanes to be honest with you, but I know he's popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he was. I don't think he's popular for I don't different think he is now. right now. I don't think he is. Messing, now, messing yeah. with Megan's not smart. Yeah. She's no, like sort yeah. of. She can spit, and the old cats like her. You know, you got Bun B's lashing out online. It's never a good look. No. no. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hope that answers your question about Canada. I find it a pretty. I I generally have mentioned a lot of older artists, but there's exciting new hip hop going on here too. It's always and then you got Shad K, but he's not really from uh toronto he's from london <laughs> yeah i feel bad honestly i don't know half the artists that you talked about it's yeah it's, i don't expect it feels like to. a real injustice yeah. there that like somehow you're expected to know about american hip-hop and i have no clue about what's going on up there well i think because you know you guys worked it you own it it's okay we're visitors too you know in a way but i think that yeah now the kid drake is uh, I like I went to we were in New York shooting hip hop evolution. I've never experienced an artist played so damn much in a city as Drake in New York. I was like, what the <laughs> everywhere you went, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's funny. He he really got embraced, you know, and I was like, I remember when he first came out, so I knew him from Degrassi. So when I saw him in a music video rapping, I was like, What? <laughs> so I was him, called right? oh, wow. Yeah, I knew him and I was just like, no. I, so I, I didn't take him seriously at first because I was like, no. And then like, I was like, okay, like I'm into it. Like, like listening to his mixtapes before he like put out yeah. a major record. Like, yeah, he could spit. And so I was just like, the okay. The song he did with Eminem and what was it Forever? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. that's where I was like, whoa, this guy's, you know, look out. Like, yeah. And that, and that was, I came, I, I'm always a little late to the party with that kind of stuff, but. Yeah. Greetings, Earthling. From the bottom of my lungs, a nigga be blowing, spitting his game. Coming up on you from the south, the ATL ends ain't changed. Cooler than most players claim to be a nigga that from the A-Town C, the home of the bank head bow. Camera to road in other city streets, enough of the morality, fallacy, but it be speed, not fiction. Keeping up pulling your guts, licking the Jerry Curse, you bitches. Every time I rhyme for y'all, I'm looking to prove a point. Kicking a freestyle every now and then, but mostly after joint. See how I smoke good, cause see it go good with them flows. Why? The nigga the B.I.G. like Tony Rich, nobody knows why. But me and my folks, cause y'all niggas joke just like the Joker. I'm sick of these whack ass rappers like I'm tired of holding chokers. Who them boys that be having a crunk every occasion? This side niggas dusting, that side niggas lacing. But in the middle, we stay calm, we just drop bombs. Asking where we come from, South Coast Long. Just two dope boys in a Cadillac. All right, well, let's switch it up a little bit and shift our focus to 
Outcast, ATL. Yeah, man. 1996. 1996. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it? 24 years ago. Yeah, 24. Yesterday. Next 25 years. Yeah. yeah, yesterday. Isn't that good Good timing, right? We always seem to do that. Yeah, like, ask works. Rob. Like, it just always syncs up that way. <laughs> well, we have, we have Darby know. to thank for that. For, for yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, no problem. Uh, Rob, what's on your hat? Oh, I've got the ATLians hat. Yeah, dope. I thought yeah. so. I'm, I'm all, I'm all geeked out. I got. Oh my, yeah, uh, you're right to represent. Yeah. I love, I love Big Rube. Oh man. Oh, uh, he's. Don't great. even get me started about Big Rube. Yeah. So I'll ask the obvious question: Why ATLians? What, what made you? Yeah, that? I feel. I, I think it is in the canon of greatest rap records of all time. I think probably it's funny too because people go back and forth for Outkast's favorite records because a lot of people like Equemini. And which I do too. It's so great. Oh, yeah. It's body adi don't delicious. You're just like chill. But yeah. <laughs> but the uh AT aliens, I think, put them on the, it changed them up, right? It was their metamorphosis, I think, in a way, mm-hmm. right? Because they were the Source Awards, which everybody talks about them, you know, getting the award and getting dissed and booed and Dre saying the South has something to say. It really did do something to them, right? I think mm-hmm. that it made them feel like the true outcasts and now they're aliens, you know? So I think that that's what they embraced. And then they, I think the record is it's two artists finding their voice musically, because I think that what happened was uh, Rico Wade and, and, and sleepy Brown and Ray Murray, who are organized noise gave them a little bit of the reins and they took it. They wanted to do it. Right. So, but I think that they started to learn and be around that guys and that collective started to, maybe shrink a little bit too because goody mob was pretty much you know doing really well at this time also i think that that goody mob not to to derail this but the goody mob record that comes out the year before uh, cell therapy blows it just changes the whole collective sound and i think that i think i've heard andre and both big boy talk about that record sending Mm -hmm. them into you know like whoa god we gotta come with something here so and i think that yeah, it has like awesome artwork too. I always oh, remember yeah. that part mm-hmm. about it. I like the com- I you know have it on wax, and it's got the comic book, and yeah, it's just perfect. And I think for me, I'm 23 in Toronto. I'm sort of lost. I think I'm basically just failed out of university or quit. I didn't fail out. I quit my second year, and I started to do camera volunteering at a place called YTV, which like you. So it's, and I'm taking the subway all the time. So I have it in my headphones. So mm-hmm. I just remember it being such a beautiful piece of work. How did you find it? Do you remember like hearing it? From yeah, I know exactly where I bought it. I bought it in Toronto at HMV, which is this huge, HMV is a British company, but they had a huge one at Young and um, Dundas. And it's near Sam, the record man is a big store, but it's a huge store. They had a hip hop basement. I bought it down there yeah, on a tape or on a CD. I mean. Did you know what you were getting into before you like you had? Yeah, I had already of... had the the Southern Playlistic. Okay, I was excited for this record. I remember reading about it. It was a big record. That first record was pretty dope, right? They won, so and I was into them. So I remember being like, I actually wondered if it was one of the more excited records that like I was most anticipating was mm. this was one of them. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it did pretty well when it came out too. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty. They were pumped and. I think, you know, um, LaFace Records were really riding and they put a lot of money behind the publicity for it. And yeah. I imagine there's some crazy stories from Outcast Cam about that stuff. But So you were 23 and I was, 
I think. 40. <laughs> I think I'm 47 I was, now. So no, 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 no. I mean, when you first found the album, mm. you were 23. I think I was like 13 or 14, and I lived <laughs> yeah. in Mississippi at the time. I'm always whereabouts. So I lived in Biloxi. So, okay. um, you know, so that's why. So sidetracking a little bit, but whenever I saw the Bounce episode on Hip Hop Evolution, I was so excited because cool. I was close to New Orleans. So yeah. to see, you know, DJ Jubilee on the major documentary, I was just like yeah. so excited to watch it. But yeah, Jubilee so like that's awesome, how dude. Yeah, yeah so that's how I knew. Right. Yeah. So that's how I knew who he was and, and yada yada yada. So anyway, so I lived in the South then. So I just remember it being so like being in middle school and everyone had it. Like really? everyone had yeah. that album. Oh yeah. Like people I I heard elevators all the time. Like people were so into the album. Like, and I think it was, you know, partly because it was a really good album, but partly because it was a Southern thing too. Yeah, it is so Southern. I mean, I feel like they even embraced it more than the first record, which was pretty Southern, right? In a weird way, it was like that mystical, yeah, people from the South are crazy, right? So they have, like, in a good way, like, weird beliefs there's so much variety in people i think mm-hmm. people really got the south wrong in other ways you know yeah. but the alien thing for them too was i think because atlanta was having a moment because they mm-hmm. were having the olympics is 96 too right so yep. and there yep. was that you know it's what they talked about a lot on self therapy was like, they were cleaning up the ghetto and Atlanta because they didn't want to have an impression. So they had the red dog group who would come in and take them all out. Right. So, and I feel like there's this, this record could come out today and be like, make sense yeah, because it's that sort of pride in Southern blackness, but also like, nothing's changed in 60 yeah. doesn't Dre say that i think in one of the songs i can't remember what song but nothing's changed since 68 you know so mm-hmm. everything about this record yeah screams the south to me that's a really good observation it's obviously they are southern based but i think that they're massively influenced by east coast stuff like oh, uh, tribe yeah. like dude mm-hmm. i know those guys worship tribe right yeah. yeah yeah they talk about that a lot yeah i really felt like uh at aliens is as sort of as you were saying darby like how when uh big boy and, and andre sort of get their yin and yang thing going where <laughs> i have a funny story about that yeah yeah when we were i used to work at much music so i worked on a show called the new music and it was a host um it's actually like the first music journalism show in the world. It's from started like 1978 wow. and it got canceled probably about, Oh God, it might be like six years ago, but we had a really good host, a guy named George Trombolopoulos and me and him were down. We got flown down by the label to go interview outcast in, I think it was like Orlando. They were playing the house of blues, Orlando. And there's a French crew that goes down and they're like the French equivalent to us. They're called music plus. So they were like your MTVs, right? So mm-hmm. we're like MTV English and they're MTV French. So we go down and I remember there's two buses and the label guy was my homie. And I said to him, oh, they got two buses. What are we going to do for the interview? He goes, you got to do two separate interviews. And I go, I want Dre. And he goes, I got you. So he, we go out after the show. It's a great show. It's a Stankonia tour. Mm-hmm. And we go after. <laughs> and you can see like Dre's bus is just popping. Or, I mean, a big boy's bus is popping. Yeah. And it's just a party and there's smoke and you're like, well, that looks like the place to be. <laughs> and then there's nothing happening on Andre's bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
I imagine inside there's, and there was, we went in, there's like incense burning, but we made the decision to go to him. And I don't know if it was the right decision because <laughs> we basically like ran, took out music blues people, like real producer dicks, you know? And, uh, but we ended up getting a really cool interview with them, but it was, and I remember you know, coming off and being like, I guess we're going back to the hotel. And then the music blues people never came off big boys bus. They just stayed on there and <laughs> had a great time. <laughs> we were like, oh, that was really mellow. Yeah. It was funny too. Cause he had like a weird guru type guy there too. And he was just sort of sitting there and you're like, okay, this is different. <laughs> but I like that part of that record. Like I like my rock stars a little weird yeah. and rap hip hop artists. Like I think Dre was, you know, him and big boy were, adults really early they 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 smoked and drank and you know were nuts really early on they were pretty young when they became big right so i yeah. think that there's metamorphosis was happened with him and i think he was lost so he got he found spirituality he found veganism i think right mm -hmm. he didn't drink anymore and smoke yeah right and he became i mean arguably one of the greatest artists in in music i think you know he has a weird thing going on now. I think he plays the flute or something. I can't remember, but he was, yeah, yeah they were filming. A, he was filming a show in Philly and he would yeah. just show up in random spots with his overalls and his flute and people would yeah. snap photos with him and then he'd go about his business. It was really seems happier now though. He was, when we interviewed him, I remember being a little bit, him a little bit off, you know, like mm. not loving outcast, you know? So, mm. but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you find you feel that through this whole record too. You know, I think he produced Elevators, right? And that sort of feel of um, discovery is something that it's all over this record. Every song, oh, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, and there's some real like, at least in my memory at that time, like really creative tracks like Millennium. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I guess it, is it AT Aliens the track the, the drumless track that might come. Right That's after the Millennium. best song on the record for me because it has like. Uh, Big big boy's pretty good on that song too. He has the go get your shine box and I always love good fellas. Mm -hmm. And then it's the Chambers Brothers, yeah. There's the beat, I think, right? Mm -hmm. For the sample. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that yeah, that, that was I think I had like her there was maybe like you know, remember you used to get the NME? You guys might be before your time. But then, you see, yeah. no uh, CMJ, CMJ magazine. Mm -hmm. CMJ and yeah. you could get a, a, a CD. I used to always buy those and you get like and I think AT Aliens was on those. You get like tunes before they're out so it's almost like you get, yeah it's great i love those things i missed that those days sorry <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of um there was a i don't know if you've heard of it but there was a magazine called paste magazine they were yeah, based for sure. out of atlanta yeah. yeah and they um i think later on they eventually got into hip-hop and talked about hip-hop artists but like initially they never really did it was very like folky like song singer songwriter and i Beth remember Orton, they did like yeah. <laughs> yeah they yeah they did like you know like over the rhine and stuff and they did like this 100 like best songwriters list and outcast was on it wow you know i think it just speaks to like their talent and people recognizing it people that normally don't really even listen to hip-hop like they were in this magazine that didn't really talk about the culture you know, and they made that list. They never got any respect from hip hop. I mean, that's legit. I mean, I know Shandy Dawes for their, she was their at La Face A&R person and very connected to them. And she was like, the stuff she said she heard out of people's mouth about those guys was insane in New York. Yeah. And mm -hmm. But I think they were just jealous, you know, like you guys, you know, I wouldn't mind shouting out when we did Hip Hop Evolution and I've got to know these two people very well, Dr. Regina Bradley and Dr. Joyce Wilson. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if there's been a group in hip hop who have been looked at as much as Outkast, and they both do like really great books and articles about them. So, and I think they both teach like at the University of Georgia mm. uh, okay. courses on them. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, like you can go to class and Big Boy's in there, and oh. I think Dre might even showed up once too. You know, so yeah. but yeah, it's funny. I mean, I really always think the crossover was that artistic part of it because it's hard hip-hop like Nas did too right because that's just special Illmatic it's like that's lightning in a bottle but mm-hmm. overall I think Outkast if they were going to keep doing Southern Playlistic they would have never been on that songwriters list right like this record puts them there to me no they yeah. just got Jazzy much Bell. more interesting right and accessible maybe right in right. a weird way like weird in hip-hop terms but accessible and like T-Funk Embracements, Jazzy Bell with Eric. It's just like that whole kind of stuff is, uh, I think, put them into like a bit of a pop sphere, for yeah. lack of yeah. a better term. Yeah. Sure. So I'm starting to sound like a Rolling Stone writer right now, though, aren't <laughs> I? <laughs> East Point, smoke some dance. Call it ball in the eye. Hater. Uh, old National got the skanks. Everybody, uh, you know what I'm saying? Check it. Well, it's the M.I. Cricket Letter. Ain't no one better. And when I'm on the microphone, you best to wear your sweater. Cause I'm cooler than the polar bear's toenails. Oh, hell, there he go again. Talking that shit. Bend corners like I was a curve. I struck a nerve. And now you about to see the Southern player serve. I heard it's not where you from, but where you pay rent. Then I heard it's not what you make. But how much you spend, you got me bent like elbows. Amongst other things, but I'm not worried. Cause when we set up in the party, like I'm out you scurry. So go get your fucking shine box and your sack of nickels. It tickles to see you try to be like Mr. Pickles, daddy fat sacks, B-I-G-B-O-I is that same motherfucker that took them knuckles to your eye and I try to warn you not to test but you don't listen, giving a shout out to my uncle Donnell locked yeah. up in prison. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care and if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say oh yeah. I know we're running out of time. Yeah, I got like 10 minutes. We can keep, yeah, this, do you want to do five more minutes or something? Sure, like, yeah, cool. that's great. I can hear my buddies in the back, but they're, like I told you, they're adults. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Yeah, yeah of course. Absolutely. We were grateful. I'm just remembering, E and I had the pleasure of uh, meeting some of the Dungeon Family guys last year. Who'd you meet? Uh, we did an interview with Backbone on the yeah, yeah. when the Dungeon Family tour came through uh, Philly, and we... We talked the most to him, but we met Ray and Rico. Yeah, cool. and, and, Did you uh, meet Rico Wade? Rico Wade is a trip, eh? Yeah, we didn't really get He's to like talk lightning. to him much, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he couldn't be Shad. What Shad Shad really liked Rico's interview. I remember because he was funny. He was he just man managed so he, much energy. We told him yeah. about D and D. That's what it was. Okay, we told Rico about D and D, and he lost his mind. Really? Like he was just like, oh yeah, these dude, D and D is a funny one for those kind of that producer type like i ran into just blaze and told him and he was like oh that's my shit and ninth wonder oh it's my shit you know like they mm-hmm. it's a but they have a it's preem right so yeah. right. it means something the real yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyways yeah that's cool what, what was your impressions of them when you're they were all super nice like real yeah. down to earth easy to talk to real friendly yeah. we had a great time yeah. It was sort of surreal. So we were just in this moment where like we were like sitting waiting for backbone and you know we see big Rue pass by. And, mm. 
you know, um, you know, obviously Rico Wade, um, which doctor, uh, yeah, like, oh yeah, cool. a lot of the dungeon was Goody Mob on that tour. Yeah, yeah so we, we met Cujo yeah. and yeah, Cujo's awesome, and yeah. Big Gip, and uh, we I don't remember. I think we may have talked briefly to Timo. He like passed us by. We was CeeLo was there too, right? We like, didn't get a chance to talk to CeeLo. But he's like, right? Yeah, he was there. Yeah. Sleepy yeah, Brown was there. CeeLo, eh? Still doing those shows, man. Yeah. Like I know he should, but is that really like not a lot of artists would have that massive solo career and continue to go back and right yeah you know not you know and then they're not like they're doing tons of new music right but yeah he's awesome CeeLo too that was a really interesting interview it's funny he's got some you know interesting thoughts personally but I feel like Outcast is a lot of him too like I think that you'll mm-hmm. you could I think both those guys have said that they put the, the Goody Mob guys push those guys because yeah. they were older and they knew and they made yeah they that i like that collective man it was funny being in the studio we went to the the dungeon and mm. the not the dungeon uh stanconia the dungeon we went to too but that's done but we went to stanconia and uh which i think used to be bobby brown's uh, studio yeah. and uh the whole scene the way those guys worked together because it was sleepy and big boy and ray murray it was really neat it was cool to experience yeah daddy fat sacks as big boy introduces himself as right, but, right. yeah <laughs> favorite track off at aliens yeah i think for me at aliens you, you know what if i had a, i could give you like a sleeper for me yeah um is uh 13th floor growing old because i mm. love big rube like that's some really that's andre laying it out for you too in a way mm-hmm. but yeah for me i think but I mean, that's a hard one too because two dope boys in a Cadillac always gets me pretty, you know, feeling good if I'm yeah, ever in a car or something. Like I love that Outcast too. I can't lie. I, I like big boy element of I. There's a real part of me that went wishes he went to the big boy bus. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I knew that much music would want the, the Andre interview because he was the hey yeah guy at the right, time right. too. So or he was coming up, but but yeah, I think that it's a pretty solid record when i think about the songs on it uh, what's your favorite that's so hard it's so hard to pick yeah. i that's just a short story when i was 16 i went to romania i went out on a trip with the church i was going to to romania yep. and they were so to do a church trip once in life eh? it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a like a real formative experience for me but they were so like into american culture they were like soaking it up you know it's not too far removed from communism at that point and I was a huge Outcast fan, and I remember one staying up late one night and reciting Andre's verse from uh, the last verse in Elevators. Yes. And and the translator I was talking to just like I, I felt like so cool because she was just in <laughs> awe of me being able to recite this verse. So Elevators has a special place in my heart. Great song. The video is awesome too. Like that video is for like that changes Outcast for me too. That. That video is the first intro to that sort of new uh, artful form. Mm. And they're aliens, right? You're suddenly, oh, these guys are aliens now. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So great. But yeah. I do love I do love the creativity of Millennium. And I think the I got the title wrong. This the drumless track is extraterrestrial. Yeah, extraterrestrial. I yeah. like mainstream too. Pretty yeah. dope. That's a real like dungeon family song. Right. If you like, you know that song Black Ice that 
Goody yep. does later on. That's mm-hmm. a dungeon. Like the, there's dungeon family songs. Yep. I can always like that kind of stuff. What's yours, uh, E? What's your favorite? Um, I have a couple. Um, I I love Jazzy Bell. I like Millennium, and I think I will always love Elevators. Just similar to Rob, like I just remember growing up with that song, and I I it still sounds really good. You know, like that eerie sound. Um, there's a show on on um, FX. It's called Atlanta. Yeah, um, I don't know yeah. if you tried. Yeah, killed killed that shit. Sorry. So no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I love that show. So yeah, great show. There's a scene yeah. when they want a Gambino. Peabody. When I want a Peabody, by the way. Oh really? Them all. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. yeah so. There's a scene where Childish Gambino is in sitting in the storage unit and like on this couch, and elevators comes yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. perfect. Like yeah. I just I love that song. Like you know, it's just pretty definitive atlanta song I'm yeah. Too. yeah 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 so yeah what a, what a group yeah we're blessed to have outcast man yeah they might have be they're like that bruce springsteen you know bruce didn't let ronald reagan play born in the usa and people thought he saved rock and roll like i feel like he, that was the element of or david bowie you know saving they say saved you know the beatles were just so boring you know I think Outcast for hip hop was the same damn thing because East Coast was played out. The West Coast was on its way. It's pretty massive still, but and just to have that flavor, I think you yeah. know. Yeah. And look at hip hop now. South rules, right. man. They run the show. Right. These guys plant the seeds. Yeah, yeah. incredible, incredible yeah, group. Absolutely. Well, Darby, I have one last question for you. Yeah, go for it. Um, is there any way that you can sneak me into Canada? Because I've pretty much had enough of this shit going yeah, on. Yeah, you're not alone. I was saying to, I had a call today with some people from Cali, and I was saying there was five cases in Toronto right now, and they're like, "What?" Oh, so, yeah. So, but I feel like you guys are. I don't want to. I feel like I'm lecturing Americans, which I hate doing because I I'm so great. I love Americans. I don't think I like anybody more than Americans, and I feel like you guys are so damn stubborn you need to get the fuck over it uh, and listen to people who have brains and i feel like it all starts from the top like our Mm -hmm. you know i don't love trudeau you know but he had a fucking mask on the first time he saw him so you're like oh shit and they scared the shit out of us a little bit Mm. they sent like those press conferences were scared i would think everybody in america is scared too but then it just degraded and like that first two weeks of the president's press conference stuff was i don't know man like i just don't think you can be you can you can be a republican but like you gotta be real about leadership it all starts from the top but i think the thing is you the the other faction of is it's so damn stubborn that i'm like no i don't need to wear a mask don't tell me i have to wear a mask it's like you're telling me to do stuff i don't like being told stuff to do either but when it comes to health and right. science, eh, what's it going to do to walk into us? I like it because I know, I don't, like I see people, I'm like, oh, I know that person from work. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> great. Yeah. I'm like, I hate going to the grocery store and running into people. It's the worst, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's I'm beautiful, yeah. Bit, yes. but yeah, yeah, not to be a jerk, but like I said, I feel like, like I don't know, but I feel like 85% of Americans are rational. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's lower. I think I am wrong because you're wrong. I think it's a, yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. My, As an American, you're wrong. But I feel like it's just like so short sighted to, and now they're wearing masks. 
ask to see anyways. But we, there was, a, yeah. to, to, to be a little bit defending, there was some real misinformation about mask wearing. And that happened in Canada too at the beginning. So, but dude, I feel like now they, everything they're saying why the cases are down is because people are going inside and wearing masks right. and they're not going out and going crazy, right? Like, yeah. yeah. People in the States are in like freaking the Ozarks having these huge pool parties, uh, yeah. outdoor boat parties. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Can you just take a breather for a I'm year? Going, like, what's the. Yeah. Yeah, Jazzy Jeff's taking a breather. He's DJing from his house every night. Go in and yourself. And right. anyways, I could go on and on. You got, but yeah, your the answer is probably. And oh, bring okay, Dave cool. Lotwin with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants to come too. Yeah. You know, as long as long as I can remember, I've heard adults, and and I've probably done this myself, and as an adult, like sort of joke, like if this election doesn't go the way I want it to, I'm moving to Canada. And I've never <laughs> that happened a lot with Trump. I've never heard it more than, than the last. Uh, yeah, time. I've never been more serious about that in my whole life. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, but you're married, right? Yeah. Well, my my wife has family in Toronto, actually. So well, there you go. Figure that out. We That's would, what's up. We'd yeah, be right at you home. Could probably like find a Canadian and hook up with them. But yeah, they did find some Americans for sneaking in last week. Though I saw. Oh wow. <laughs> they did, and it was yeah. a lot of money. It was like five hundred thousand oh, dollars. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy stuff. Yeah, twice these people did it. Wow. So they're serious here, Yeah, maybe too, I right? should stay put. I don't know. Well, it sucks for me because I'm supposed to be filming in your damn country. Yeah. And I like to tell these stories about rap and finish them up, but it's been it's going to be hard. I think I can get to New York now. Okay. So, yeah. I think it's getting a little easier to travel. Yeah, I hope that it ch- turns around, you know. That's the thing. I mean, we all do, right? I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to sound like a poo but... I think the proof is in the pudding. If you do, if you're American, if you look at the news, you guys really fuck this up <laughs> royally. Like we, it's fuck, not we, we fuck a lot surgery. of things up. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think this, in a way, yeah, not really. I think this is no. this is different. You can't leave your country. When's that ever happened in America? You guys are the king of leaving your countries. You're global elite i think america's it's, it's they're in for it you guys are in for it with just the idea of what's happened and right oh i think it's going to get yeah. way worse than it already is yeah and it's challenging too because there's no real support for any movements but maybe that's the good thing right do you feel like there's a, i was thinking about this today not not to get all political but you guys are young i'm young but i met jimmy carter i'm a sort of a history guy nixon and that was it. Who's the Republican guys become before Jimmy Carter? Johnson? No. Uh, oh God, I'm always forget him. He's uh, he was such an unforgettable president. With Ford. Ford. Yeah. Thank you. Right. And then Jimmy Carter comes, and he's that great savior, right? Mm-hmm. But he's sort of like is, is Joe Biden, Jimmy Carter, and then what happens is there's going to be a Reagan oh, type God. after. I really hope. I see it, man. That did. That does history seem to be the way, itself. right. Exactly. That does seem to be the way history goes, though. You have this backlash for, uh, for these like progressive uh, candidates, and uh, like we're seeing now with Trump. So. Yeah, but anyways, that Outcast record's awesome. Yes, Outcast. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to get you because you you said you turned into fun, but it's interesting. It's those. It's that time of our lives that everybody's talking about this stuff. Right. So. It's hard to not put it on in your mind, right? Yeah. Like my wife has never cared, and it sort of frustrated me about her not caring about the news, and now she's a junkie. Mm. So it's really telling, you know. Yeah. 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 Not healthy, <laughs> but no. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks so absolutely. much for this being was, on. Yeah. This is great. We had a great yeah. Time. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope it, I was okay. Yeah. No, you were oh, great. it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so but, uh, yeah, hit me up about the passport, whatever you need. Okay. All right. I'll be in touch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, uh, the Next Movement Pod. We're on Twitter, Next Movement Pod, and everywhere the podcasts live, pretty much. So uh, thanks for listening. I'm Rob. I'm E. I'm Darby. All right. This has been The Next Movement. Peace. Me and everything around me is unstable like Chernobyl. Ready to go at any moment, jumping like a pogo stick. Like never lived up to my expectations, so I accept the patience. Expect the worst, but now I'm pacing back and forth inside a melting like water on wicked witches. A monster truck don't came and ran over my picket fences. I had the best of life in my clenches, but monkey wrenches was thrown. Like chairs kings sit on, my prayers sing too long. I fall asleep before the ending. Don't even get to say amen, I hope he understand I be on bended knees. At times I think I'm crazy, then I say forget it. Or maybe it's the Devil infiltrating and like Riddick Bo, I've been fighting this since them fetus days I'll count from 1 to 20 when I'm through Repeat the phrase, it's just a phase It's gone all past, but that gets old too I'm weakening like a deacon doing dirt When am I supposed to? Start some new shit. I'm writing this rhyme in face, so when you hear it, hope you see.